0: Now friends, I am so excited about the person I get to introduce you to today. Our guest for today's episode is Laura Hertgers, my very first mentor and small group leader. You guys are going to love her. Now listen, there are two questions I am asked all the time by my readers and my listeners. The first goes like this. Stephanie, how do I go about finding a mentor? The second, how do I go about being a mentor? The thing is, we recognize that we need women pouring into our lives and we wanna be the kind of women who pour into other women's lives too. But if we're honest, we have absolutely no idea how to do either of those things. How do you ask someone to be your mentor? How do you ask someone if they want to be mentored? How do you actually go about mentoring or being mentored by someone? What do you talk about? How often do you meet? How do you figure that out? We have so many questions, and that's why I wanted to bring on my favorite mentor and someone who's honestly a mentoring expert, my dear friend, Laura. Now, you guys, Laura is amazing, and she has had such an impact on my life and my faith, but the thing is, I'm not the only one. More than anyone else I've ever met, Laura has made mentorship a consistent part of her life, pouring into women younger than her in all kinds of capacities and all through different seasons. And in this episode, she's gonna teach us how to do exactly that. But, Laura isn't just an advocate for being a mentor, she's an advocate for being mentored. Laura has made a point to seek out mentors for herself in all different seasons of life as well, and in this episode, she's going to teach us how to do that too. Friends, I am so excited for you to meet Laura. She is wise and hilarious, and in this episode, we'll be sharing the story of how she met her husband, and I take total credit for it. I cannot wait to tell you the story, but... Before we dive in, there's a resource I really wanted to tell you about. So, like I mentioned, in this episode we're talking about being a mentor, and one of the easiest and most direct ways to do that is by being a small group leader. Leading a small group is one of my favorite things that we get to do as Christians. I know so many of us have a story about a woman who impacted us, created a safe space for us, taught us more about ourselves and about Jesus, and now we get to be that woman for girls a few steps behind us. Is there anything better? Being a small group leader is one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life, and it's really what inspired everything we do here in our little corner of the internet. The problem is, leading a small group is not always easy. We have this idea of what our small group is gonna be like. It's gonna be a group of close friends being open and honest about their lives as they dive into scripture together. They're gonna meet Jesus in deep and transformative ways, but the reality doesn't always look like that. In fact, I think often we look around our group realizing that they just have not bonded the way we want them to. Women aren't opening up as much as we'd hope, and sometimes the biggest battle is getting them to show up at all. We look around at our group and feel like it's falling flat. This is just not the big, life-changing small group we were hoping for. So for us as the leader, how do we fix this? How do we help a group get to know each other, become friends, start to trust each other, and open up? Side note, please tell me I'm not the only one who has frantically Googled small group icebreakers right before a gathering. Guys, it took me forever to figure out how to crack this code, and once I did, I knew I couldn't keep it to myself. My trick is a small group guide I wrote a while back. It's called The Real Girl's Guide to Taking It All Off, a small group guide to removing the layers between you and true friendship. It's a six-week guide with no homework and all of the work done for you as the leader, uh, praise the Lord, and it's designed to help your group get to know each other, become each other's people. Now, this isn't a Bible study, but it is my very favorite way to begin one because it helps create that foundation of trust and friendship that will take your small group, your friendships, and your studying of God's word to a deeper, more meaningful level. My sweet reader, Kara, went through the guide recently with her small group and this is what she had to say about it. She said, my group and I just finished your small group guide and we absolutely loved it. Our group wasn't super close to begin with. We were all friends of friends, but now we could not be closer. In this study, you ask questions that I would never think to ask and talking through those things together transformed our group. They transformed me. Now I have five new best friends and I am so grateful to this guide for making that happen. Seriously, best decision ever. I love that. Also a quick side note guys if you're hoping to mentor or be mentored by someone this book is perfect for that. You can totally go through it just the two of you and it's a great framework to get those conversations started. To learn more about the small group guide and to download the first chapter of the guide for free go to stephaniemaywilson.com slash first chapter free. That link will be in our show notes as well. Guys I can't wait to tell you more about this and now without any further ado let's jump into my conversation with Laura All right, friends. I'm so excited for what we have going on today. I'm sitting here with my dear friend, Laura, and I cannot wait for you guys to know her. You're going to love her. And I have so many things to tell you about her. But before we do any of that, Laura, can you tell us who you are, what you do, where you live? I don't know. A fun fact as well. Because I'm gonna put you on yeah. the spot, but I did give you warning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Thank goodness. Uh, yep, yeah, my name is Laura Hurtgers, and I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, with my um, handsome husband, Daniel. We've been married; it'll be five years in May. And we have a really adorable one-and-a-half-year-old little boy, Noah. So that's a lot of part of my life. And then I work for a nonprofit ministry called Youth Conference Ministries. And we host uh, short-term mission trips and do youth conferences for middle and high school students in the summertime. So basically like church camp uh, at a bunch of different locations and then kind of traveling all throughout the summer. So, yeah, that's that's a very brief description of YCM. I love that you mentioned
0: YCM. I meant to make a note to do this, but I completely forgot. But Carl and I, we post about this every summer, you know, on social media and stuff. But Carl and I have been volunteering at a church camp in Wisconsin every summer. And I actually got to be, I've gotten to be the speaker at a couple different locations of the camps, but it's a YCM camp. And so it was fun because I knew about YCM through you. And then Carl and I carl and I got connected because his youth pastor and the amazing couple that did our premarital counseling. they're in charge of the camp in Wisconsin. So every, anyway, every summer we're there and Carl's always wearing like crazy costumes and on stage (laughs) and making middle schoolers laugh. And that's the same organization. So we'll have to link to it. If
1: y'all know middle schoolers or high schoolers, you should check it out. Absolutely. It is a lot of fun and just having crazy times talking about Jesus. (laughs) I love it. Um, Laura, what is your fun fact? Okay. I have a good one. This is, I will admit it's my go-to fun fact. Cause it's just that good. I won $500 from the Ellen DeGeneres show because I yodeled on national television.
0: Wait, stop. <laughs> Why have I not seen this? When was this? <laughs> That's pretty good.
1: Wait, were you in in Boulder? You, were you in Ellen's studio? No, I was not. She was traveling or like her crew was traveling, doing remote recordings and stuff. And one of her crews was in Boulder. And so it was me and Jamie and one of her students, Melissa ran across the street. I mean, it's kind of a crazy, so they, wanted us to find something that rhymed with the word boulder. And so I knew I mean there's like hundreds of people there. And I knew that we had to come up with something bizarre. And so I grabbed the two of them and I said, We're gonna be boulder yodlers. Which <laughs> even though that doesn't actually rhyme nope. doesn't rhyme. Yes. Sure <laughs> doesn't. Sure doesn't. <laughs> But so we ran over to the producers and I was like, we can yodel. And she just kind of gave me this funny look and wrote our names down. And then somehow we got chosen out of like all these hundreds of people. So it comes time and they like give us the thumbs up and we're on live television and totally freestyled our yodel. Um, Can you actually <laughs> yodel? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, it was like totally made up. Jamie and I like pretended to yodel and Melissa was like beatboxing. Oh my. Okay. So this, this clip is able to be found somewhere. Apparently you can find it because the last time I shared this fun fact, we like tried to find it on YouTube and it's still there.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're going to be finding
1: that and we'll be putting that in the show notes. So
0: that's perfect. Laura,
1: how, I do actually not... the best part about the story is we didn't know, like it was uh, not a live show, so we didn't know when it would air. And so I was flying home for Thanksgiving and I was on frontier. So we all had the individual little TVs oh, no. <laughs> See? and they started doing like the preview of Ellen. And I was like, this is my show. Like I'm about to be on Ellen. And so I leaned over and tell the guy next to me, I know this is really random, but I'm about to be on Ellen. He stands up and announces it to the airplane. No, so Everyone tuned their TVs to Ellen. And we all watched me yodel on national television. Laura, <laughs> I think Everyone
0: after you on the podcast is in serious trouble because that fun fact is next level. It's pretty
1: good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think it was was like right before I met you probably. It was in Boulder. Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh my, I can't. Oh, I could just sit here and talk about this all day. Okay, so Laura, (laughs) speaking of Boulder, the way that you and I met, and I feel like that's important to say, is that if anyone has read the Lipstick Gospel, they have heard about Laura because Laura, when I became a Christian and started getting involved in the annex, which is the college ministry that you worked for and that I worked for, you were leading the the mission trip to Costa Rica. That was my very first mission trip. And so we got to meet there and we were in the same sorority. And so we got to bond that way, which actually... I don't know if I've ever really said what sorority I'm in, so oh, I can I, Maybe I'll secret? add that at the okay. end. It might be secret. I don't know. I mean, it's easily Googleable, but uh,
1: that's
0: true. Um, But it's yeah, it's kind of a mystery. Um, that's
1: awesome. I love that.
0: But so you and I became like super good friends on the trip, and I love that. And you really, I mean, I think you really started to to mentor me on that trip. I think mm-hmm. I was in your small group the whole time we were on the trip and you just became this really safe person for me. And then when we got back to Boulder, um, you really were my first mentor um, mm-hmm. or one of my first mentors. You just like took me under your wing and you started a small group for me and a couple of my friends and just really invested in us until you moved away back to this really foreign <laughs> land I knew nothing about called <laughs> Tennessee. And so when I got to move here, now we're so much closer, which is really fun. I know. It
1: all comes full circle. (laughs) It really
0: does. I know. Um, But so Laura, I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast because really you were one of my first mentors and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get there, (laughs) I need to add a fun fact to your fun fact. (laughs) Lovely. I love it. Okay. Please do. in, In my notes, well, I'll tell you that in a second. So when we got down to Costa Rica, um, we, there was a huge group of us. And when we arrived, there was this guy who was, who was living there, who wasn't from Costa Rica, but he was volunteering for a couple years. And he was a super tall, like burly man named Dan. Did we rename
1: him in the lipstick gospel? I can't remember. I think you did.
0: Yeah. I don't okay. remember what his
1: name was, but he was renamed.
0: <laughs> okay. So he's been renamed. Um, I can't remember what it was, but he's the Canadian. Um, so we met this guy and, and all the girls immediately were like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. Blah blah blah. And you really kind of kept your mouth shut for <laughs> most of the trip. And there were like some jokes about how maybe you guys could like each other or something. But I feel like you were the least vocal of all the girls who were saying, I really <laughs> like this guy. He's really cute. So I I'm trying to remember what happened next. We all go home. Were you it's guys true. like keeping in touch the whole
1: time we were home? We like, no, we sort of sent each other a Facebook message back and forth, but it was nothing like at that point, it was just kinda. Hey, cool. We're back in Colorado and you're still in Costa Rica. It was not anything much beyond that, but I, but I finally did admit to you and Michelle and Shannon that I did in fact have a crush on him. So at the time, (laughs) so my girlfriend, Shannon,
0: and I hear this and Michelle was down in Costa Rica for the summer with him. And so we like get to work (laughs) <laughs> we're like, Michelle, you talk to Dan. We'll talk to Laura. We'll see what's going on. And I remember, like, I think we were having a girls' night. We're up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, sitting on some bed, like, eating, who knows, pizza probably, uh, talking about this guy. And we're like, Laura, you have to message him. <laughs> and Michelle's like, Dan, do you like do you like Laura? You did message him.
1: Yes, I did. I, I will give credit where credit is due. I sent him a message because of you and Shannon pestering me. And... It was a total, like, out of the blue. I mean, we had not communicated in months, probably, at this point. And I sent him a Facebook message, like, middle school style of saying, Hey, so remember how everybody joked about us liking each other? Well, I kind of do like you. And I was wondering if you liked me. (laughs) Something to those effects. If on Facebook, you could have done (laughs) the checkbox where it's like, check yes or no, or maybe it would have had the yes or no. We weren't that advanced. But, and then basically I was just like, Hey, yeah, so it'd be great to get to know each other. And I didn't hear from him for like two weeks because he had just moved back to Canada and was hiking in the Canadian wilderness or something with his friends. And when he finally did get back to internet access, he said, I was actually quite fond of you as well. I would love to get to know you. <laughs> Which is the best. And now they're married. And in my exactly. notes, it says, this is
0: what I wrote in my notes. It's a bullet point of its own. And it says, take full credit for Dan and Laura's
1: marriage. <laughs> I will I will give you credit, Steph. That, you, you and God writing our story. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Co-authors, really. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I love it. So there's my fun fact about Laura. Oh goodness. This has gone off the rails. Um, That's awesome. Okay. So Laura, really though, you've been such an important person in my life and clearly I've been such an important (laughs) part of yours.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm
0: totally (laughs) kidding. Um, but, um, I really, I wanted, I wanted to talk to you today because I just adore you and, and really you've been such a big deal in my life. And, and I wanted to talk about mentorship because, I really have been noticing that it's something that a lot of us, most of us, I would say, are totally lacking. I, one of my favorite parts of my job is that I get just the best emails from my readers and listeners um, asking me for my advice or my input on different things. And like, truly, I wish I could go to coffee with every single person that reads, reads my blog, listens to the podcast. I just, I would ha- love to hang out with every single person. But of course, one, I can't. And that's <laughs> a huge bummer, but the thing that I've been noticing is that the questions that they're asking me and the conversations we're having are really mentorship conversations and While I do my best to write back to anything I can, I could never replace you know me living in a different state or just being able to communicate via email or you know a quick i don't know text or something like that. I could never replace in person mentorship. I never would want to, but i I couldn't and and that's because in person mentorship is just it's something different. It's a game changer. It's, um, something we really need. We need people pouring into our lives, investing in us, listening to us, guiding us. Um, and we need people who are in our real lives, you know, as well as, as, being able to follow along with people and stuff, having, having people online is awesome, but we really need people in person. And I think that very few of us know how to do that. Um, Sweet. I think a lot of us feel like we might have things to give, um, as a mentor, or maybe we think we don't have things to give, but we mm-hmm. do, um, as a mentor. And then there, all of us need mentors. Um, and so Laura, I know that this has been a really big thing in your life and you've been a big thing in my life. And so I really wanted to just get into mentorship and talk about how to do it, how to find a mentor, what, what mentorship means and looks like and all the things. Um, And I knew you'd be the perfect person to ask about this. Um, And so just to kind of like get started, I know that mentorship has been really a big part of your life, both being a mentor and being mentored. But I also know that you, that, that wasn't always the case. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked when we were talking about this, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how you had a mentor when you first moved to Colorado to work at the college ministry and you really didn't seek her out very much. <laughs> so that is how did, <laughs> tell us like kind of what that
1: looked like. Back in the day. Yeah. So I moved out to Boulder, um, to start my internship at the college ministry that we worked at and my bosses were kind enough to arrange and set up a mentor for me. And I think at that point, um, I had heard the word mentor, but I never really had kind of put two and two together of what it could mean in my life. And so I was 22 and, you know, conquering this new ministry job and just didn't really think I needed anyone. So I met with this mentor, this very sweet lady. She was very kind. Uh, I met with her once at the beginning of my job and I think maybe one other time in the spring semester. And basically we just didn't really click. And I did not, I didn't let her in basically. I didn't open up to her. I just kind of, we just kind of had polite, small talk, um, but it didn't go deep. And that was, largely my fault. Um, because I just didn't, I think I was just putting up walls. I didn't want to be pursued and I didn't, I didn't think I needed that kind of relationship in my life at that point.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So when did you catch on to the idea that mentorship was important? Like when did you kind of make that shift?
1: I think when I realized that life was meant to be done together, um, and not just on my own, I think it took me, of kind of just walking through a season, I don't. I don't think there was one exact moment, but I think it was just kind of that season that I was just starting out uh, out of college, working in ministry. Something just sort of clicked eventually that made me realize that, yeah, that I needed input and counsel from an outside source that I couldn't just do it on my own, that as much as I was in the word and um, building my relationship with Christ, which is obviously number one important. um, There's still just something about having a relationship here on earth that um, you can open up and go deep and share just everything, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the, the dark, deep secrets that you don't want to share even that stuff. And I think it was then that I realized, okay, this is good. Like the first time I actually opened up and talked to people and shared my life was, was when I kind of realized this could be a good thing. Not just, not just checking something off my list that my boss set up for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. And I love you. I love that you said that like being in the word and our relationship with Jesus, like that's of course, number one, and having a mentor is not supposed to replace that. Like another, another person isn't supposed to be a replacement for the voice of God in our lives. But I feel like a mentor can be the audible voice of God in our lives sometimes. You know, they Absolutely. can be the person, like, pointing us to, you know, mm-hmm. different parts of the word or helping us learn how to read it. Like, that was a, a lot of what you and I talked about, I know, was, I mean, I I I was so new in my faith, and so I had no idea even, how, like, I mean, I would open the Bible and, like, try to find <laughs> something that made sense to me, you know? And, and a mentor is someone who can help you figure out, like, how to read the Bible in a way where it can actually speak to you, you know? And, yeah, and really, I think that we, and you really have done this for me. And, you know, a lot of people have done this for me where something that God is trying to say to me, like other people will say that same thing, you know, he uses us in each other's lives. And so we're, yeah, we're like here on earth, a relationship here on earth that can really reflect him and point us back to him. And
1: that's really Absolutely. good. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: You've had a lot of mentors in your life over the last several years. Can you kind of talk about that? Like when, when did you finally connect with someone or, you know, what, what mentors have you had through through your life and what kind of impact has that had on you?
1: Yeah, I, I think my first, who I would now call a mentor, she was my Bible study leader in college. And we had that close relationship in college, but I don't think I like looked to her as a mentor at that point. I think we actually got closer as I graduated and kind of continued walking through life because that's kind of a cool thing about a mentorship also is just because you're not always face to face, you can continue that relationship. And so that relationship became more meaningful to me. Um, and just a bigger part of my life kind of past college as I, as I was, like I said before, as I was realizing, Oh wait, I kind of need somebody that's done this before me. And so in general, it's just kind of been women that have Gone before me, women that are older than me. Um, sometimes that's a few years. Sometimes that's a generation. God has been so good to just kind of sprinkle different women in my life at different times when I need them, and that can look like anything from regularly meeting for coffee at her house or going for a walk every now and then to not every, not very often, just every now and then when something big comes up and I can call whoever it is and say, okay, we need to get together. I want to talk to you about my marriage right now. And there, and she's there and those people are there. And so it kind of changes as seasons change in life as well. The the woman I was mentioning earlier, my very first Bible study leader, um, we haven't seen each other in years. We don't talk to each other that often, but when Noah was first born, I remember texting her in the middle of the night about a newborn question and she responded. It was like 2am and that's the kind of relationship that it goes deep. Okay. And that's what I think that's what God intends for us to, to be able to have those kinds of relationships. And so I've been hugely blessed with women in my life that teach me, like you said, teach me uh, spiritual truths, teach me uh, who I am, remind me who I am when I, when I kind of forget along the way, which happens often. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's a huge blessing to have people that, show me unconditional love in the way that Jesus loves us, but in in flesh, actually actually loving me through my junk and everything like that. It's yeah, it's just a huge gift. And like there to
0: respond to the text at two AM.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I
0: love that. that. And And I I
1: totally wasn't expecting that.
0: (laughs) But (laughs) in in that moment,
1: like, oh sorry. Uh luckily she's on Colorado time, so it wasn't 2 a.m. her time, so it's okay. (laughs) But I love that you
0: said that it can be different and in different seasons because I feel like mentorship, you know, we usually, I think we do this with a lot of different things, but we kind of imagine it as like a one note thing. Um, but mentorship can happen in all different ways. Like having a mentor who's in your same career, you know, on your same career path, who's a couple of steps ahead of you that can say, mm-hmm. don't do it this way or do this. Or here's kind of a pro trick I picked up along the way that will make this a lot easier for you. Or, you know, it can be in like, you know, you and I talked about in motherhood, you know, yeah. we, like s- starting out having a new baby, like what the heck do I do about this? You know, having mom exactly. friends who have gone before you or marriage, you know, like when you're stepping into marriage for the first time having people to go to to say hey how do you what do you do when it comes to this absolutely um, absolutely and i think that that's exactly what it is like people who have who've have done this before um the mental picture that i've always gotten for this is like you know as we're walking through life we're walking you know down a road and we go through just a series of tunnels and they're really dark and they're really scary and they're really hard but like after we kind of get to the end of them we have you know, a couple of choices, we can kind of keep going or we can turn around and bring a flashlight and maybe a sweater and like a sandwich to the girl who's mm-hmm. a couple steps behind us and just help her through. And whether we have, you know, really, um, insightful wisdom or whether we have like a real trick of how to make this easier or whether we're just accompanying her on the journey. Um, I feel like that's a really beautiful thing that we can do mm-hmm. for each other. If not one of the most beautiful
1: things. Absolutely. Know? That's such a, that's a great picture stuff to think of it that way, cause, so many times being a mentor or having a mentor is not about having the answers it's more just i'm here and i'm not going anywhere mm-hmm. so no matter how long it's been or even if you see the person every day and you just need to like i value some of my coworker relationships there's i work with some amazing women that have become mentors and so i see them daily but it's just that idea of i'm with you and and i've i've been there and i'm I'm here to listen. Like, I'm here for you. I feel like, I don't know if this happened to anyone else as they're listening to that, but
0: like my heart just like, it felt like like my heart just like wrapped up in a blanket or something. Like I'm here for you. I'm not going anywhere. And, And really, I think that, and we'll talk about this, you know, more in a minute, but I think that when we're thinking about mentoring people, we think we have to, yeah, have all the answers or be some sort of like spiritual superstar. But really, I mean, if you're able to listen, you can be a mentor. If you can receive someone in your home and give them, You know, a cup of coffee or a hot chocolate, and and tell them that they're not alone, and that no matter how much they mess up, you're not going anywhere. Like, that's it. You know, that's the good stuff, and that's exactly what we all need. You know, we need that. We all need that.
1: Exactly. No, I I was even when you when you called me a few weeks ago and tricked me into being on your podcast. (laughs) I even said, I really did. Yeah, she did. Uh, I even said that I I am by no means an expert at all. I've just I've just done it. I've just walked with people and you don't have to have a special degree. You don't have to have special training, although there are venues for that. Right. But yeah, you, you need to love Jesus and want to share his love with other people. Cause that's what we're called to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, You have been a mentor for lots and lots of different people. Um, <laughs> can you kind of talk about that? Like just some of the different experiences you've had. And um, I know that you just kind of had a, a milestone with your most recent group and it's really cool. So I've, I want to hear about it.
1: Yeah. So um, initially I just kind of started out with um, different college groups. I, I've kind of always had a heart for college age students and uh, women because that was such an impactful time in my life. So that's where I sort of just started the world of mentorship, if you will. But I led different core groups, which is what we just call um, small group Bible study. So I've led three different core groups over the past 10 years almost goodness. Um, and so most of those have been through three or four years of their college experience of the same group of women. So that was really special just to be able to any group that you can walk with over a longer period of time is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so that I've done that for about 10 years and we always met at my house and we would meet weekly and, the cool thing about those groups was the first time we met for each of those groups, I would open up and share my story first. And that was always just such a sweet time and sort of set the tone for the group of just being super vulnerable. And every time I started a new group, I was always a little bit nervous and intimidated of like, oh, goodness, they're these are like cool college kids that I am not that cool anymore. Not that I ever was cool. But... Are they going to relate to me? Are they going to think I'm weird for telling this part of my story? But God has just been so faithful in each of those groups. They're all so different and unique, but he was just always so good of bringing groups of girls together that were meant to be together of maybe part of my story was part of their story, or maybe two of those girls needed to be connected and hearing each other's story. So that was just such a cool thing to be a part of and watch God work through that. Like I just felt honored to kind of be able to walk through that and just kind of have like a front row seat of what he was doing in their lives. Um, So that was always a really cool thing. And then at my church, I think it's a really unique and cool thing that they do at our youth group. Um, We have what's called D groups, another churchy, small group term, but it stands (laughs) for discipleship groups, discipleship groups. And um, so you start with a group of girls in sixth grade and you walk with them all the way through graduation. And so it was me and two other leaders that we committed seven years to this group of girls. And it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had because starting with, sixth graders was a little terrifying again Mm because they are wild and crazy and have the attention span of gnats. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was, we called it a win if we even like held their attention to talk about Jesus for five minutes. Like that was a good night, which was rare, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was amazing to see their transformation and growth over the years. They just, they graduated last May. They are actually all finishing their first year of college right now. And it was just an honor. I feel like walking again, walking into that situation, I was all geared up of, oh, what I'm going to teach them everything I know. I will mold these young people. <laughs> and of course, as God usually does, flips that upside down. And they taught me so much about um, how to love and how to be a friend and how to be excited about Jesus. And um, so that was just a really cool experience and to be able to share life with them. A lot of life happened in those seven years. I went from being yeah. single to engaged. Um, they had a special pew at our wedding. They were all there. They were so excited when they found out I was pregnant. And then they had another special pew at, um, at Noah's baptism. So they oh, have walked along so, so many cool stages of life that they really, they know me. And I, I mean, I was, open with them and transparent with them. And they knew what was going on in my life. So, um, yeah, those, those are just some really cool relationships. I actually just had lunch with one of them. She was home for her spring break and I hadn't seen her since she left for school. And it was exactly like, we just picked up where you, where we left off and got to hear how she's doing at college in Texas. And, um, heard about the sorority that she joined, which is also the sorority that we joined. Um, <laughs> We're going to have to say it at, we'll it at the sketch. end. We'll reveal it at the end. Oh gosh, I feel like we should like build it up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and hear about the church that she was involved in. But it was just so cool that I have known her since she was this little pip pip squeak, 11 year old. And now she's turning into this like amazing woman of God and is just so wise. And I just, I love those girls. I love all of the girls that I've walked with, but again, it's just been a gift to be able to have a tiny piece of their story, be, be a tiny little piece of, um, their walk with Jesus and watch as they get to know him more and just deepen their relationship with him.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know if, you know, I've told this story a bunch of different times, but I don't, I don't know if I've gotten to tell it on the podcast, but when I um, worked for the college ministry that you and I worked at, which we'll link to it. If you go to the university of Colorado, you need to go to this ministry. But so when I worked for that ministry, my job was to be, I was, um, what was I even called? Oh, I was like kind of the director of Greek ministry or something like that. I was the Greek ministry intern. Anyway, my whole job was sorority girls, um, because I was one obviously. Um, (laughs) And so my whole job for the year was to just mentor and have a small group for a group of sorority girls, whoever wanted to join the small group. And it was crazy because I really, when you think small group, you think like eight to 10, maybe, uh, there were like, 27 of them that were regularly in my group. And so we would meet together on Sundays, like in these, like on these overstuffed couches and we would talk about life. And, um, I honestly probably learned this from you, Laura, that at the very beginning I told my story and that was kind of the, that was the foundation for the whole thing was that I was going to be really honest, because if I could jump in, then they could too. You know, someone has to go first. And so i you taught me to do that. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I kind of made that my mission to go first. And that whole year we talked about like just the most real, honest things. And we had two o'clock in the morning phone calls and we had, you know, I need to pe- I like, I need to be picked up from this place. I'm, you know, I'm upset. I need help, you know, and, and so I'd go pick them up. Or um, we would have coffee and and just talk about the things that we were going through in life. And it was crazy because the things that they were going through were things that I had, that I had totally been through things that I even forgot about where they were these random experiences where I would think like, I don't even know why that happened or why I did that. Or there's no way that this is going to be useful to anyone ever, Mm -hmm. but every like, It was amazing to me how every single time I'd sit down with someone, they were going through something I'd been through. And sometimes it was as recently as like last week. Other times it was, you know, several years ago. And so I could say, you're totally not alone in this and and kind of walk them through it. And it was cool because that year, you know, as you're talking about the things that you get out of that, you know, we, we go into like serve and be there for somebody else. And of course God like uses that, but he also just transforms us in the midst of it. And and that year, I mean, you, you got to watch this like firsthand, but that year was such a light bulb moment for me that, that like being a mentor is what I wanted to do with my whole life. And every single thing we do around here, this podcast, my books, everything is totally an extension of that small group. And, um, Mm. it just, it, it changes you. And, and God, you know, we talk about how God can redeem anything and he can, and he does. And a lot of times the way that he redeems something, when we decide, you know what, I've been through this tunnel, I'm going to use that experience to help somebody else. We see so much redemption in it because these really dumb mistakes that I've made and, you know, we've all made, he can use those to like guide somebody else through and to make their path easier. And it's,
1: it's amazing. It's just the best. Absolutely, absolutely. Something I, I think we've talked about it before is um, just the beauty of transparency, and uh, that is so key in any mentorship role or relationship. But the whole idea of um, being transparent is that you can shine light through it, and so when we are transparent, it allows God to shine His light through us that much more. And exactly what you're saying, every trial or anything that we've ever the good and the bad that we've gone through um it allows us in those relationships to give god the glory of yeah i went through this really sucky breakup or i went through this really dark time in my life and of course in those moments you do not know why you're going through them and you probably don't even want to think about well you know someday god will use this <laughs> but in those relationships like you said like it could be years later that you're like God, this is why I had to go through that because now I can relate to this girl. Or even if, even if you're sharing your story in those small group situations and it allows that person to feel comfortable to then come to you later Mm -hmm. and start that mentorship relationship. uh, It's just amazing the beauty that can come when you're vulnerable and transparent and allowing God to shine through those shine through those moments.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. We get to show what he's done in our lives, which involves us being a total mess and him fixing it, you know, time and time again and saving us time and time again. And when we share that story, we get to show other people what God's capable of doing in their lives as well, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely, it is really cool. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Use this directed. Clariton, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Laura, I have like a hundred nitty-gritty questions for you because I feel like <laughs> girls are listening and they're like, great, I'm on board. Let's do this. What do I do next? Yes. Um, so can you like break it down for us. What does a mentorship relationship look like? Like, where do you meet? How, like, what do you talk about? Do you, does it need to be someone you know? Like I'm sort of mixing a bunch of questions together. Cause I'm going to ask you yeah. like how you find one, and but, <laughs> but just kind of what, what does a mentorship relationship look like? What are some forms it can take?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing that we kind of just have to rid ourselves is the idea that it has to be like a formal agreement or arrangement like there's no contracts or um, I feel like they sort of just happen naturally and organically a lot of times the mentors that I've had in my life I just have to kind of get brave enough to go up to somebody at church or shoot a text message to a number I might have and say hey I would love to grab coffee um, and that's usually how it starts. I don't, I don't think any of the mentors in my life, I would, I've ever approached and say, will you be my mentor? <laughs> like, I don't think yeah. those words have ever come out of my mouth. I think it's just sort of happened. A lot of that is just from the community that you're in. Um, I was in a Bible study I signed up for a Bible study this last summer, um, at our church, which I had not done before. Cause I was scared. Um, <laughs> And I was the youngest woman by about 15 years. And at first I walked in and I was like, awesome, cool, <laughs> bunch of older, lovely women. But it was the coolest thing. I loved it so much and gained so much from just the fellowship that we had, the conversations that we had. We just read through a book together. I don't even remember what the book was. That's how impactful the book was. That's what good. But <laughs> were important and impactful Um, and I've stayed in contact with a bunch of those ladies and I would have never met them otherwise because our circles I go to a pretty big church and so I was usually in the youth wing or the nursery which they were not (laughs) so (laughs) now when I go to church on Sundays there's this whole other room full of women that that have really kind of taken me some of them have really kind of taken me under their wing of uh, making it a point to be intentional to come say hi to me to Ask me out to coffee. So I think it can look a lot of different ways. Um, it could be anything from just, you know, hanging out with them on a regular basis to checking in with them every once in a while. It's really as much as you want to put into it as well. Because like with back to my early mentor relationship that was supposed to be set up for me and I chose not to, um, I didn't put anything into it. And so I think now I'm at the point in my life where I know, okay, I need this. So I'm going to seek these women out. So it really can look however you want it to be as often as you want to meet with people or as little as you want to meet with people. Um, But I think there is something to say about being face to face and just being like you said earlier, like just having that safe place of someone that you can click with that you have similar stories. Cause I think that is huge too of how, yeah of just how you can open up and feel comfortable if you can relate to that person as well, yeah oh, I love that.
0: It's funny because I feel like I've had slightly more formal mentorship scenarios well and and not the entire time um, but when you and i um when you started that small group that I was a part of, um I also got to really pretty formally have a mentor um that was our college. Pastor's wife and who is also in our sorority. We're gonna to have to reveal it at the end. <laughs> oh my end. gosh! Uh, but it's all she's, connected. <laughs> I know she's the best, and really, she committed to meet with me. You know, she had four young kids, but but kind of made it a point to to really pour into someone. You know, every year or something like that. And so she met with me every week, and it was a total commitment on her part. But it was also a commitment on my part, and something I had to really be willing to show up for and take seriously because she was showing up and taking it seriously. But um I feel like it can be everything from, you know, something formal to something totally informal. Or I'm glad that you mentioned joining a Bible study or a small group. It's funny because Carl and I just joined a small group at our church and we dragged our heels forever on it. I cannot even tell you why. I mean, we, <laughs> we're we out of town a lot. And so I, I kept thinking like, I don't want to join something just to to not really be there. But I mean, we are here Enough, you know. <laughs> yes. um, so we finally got over ourselves and joined, and it's been amazing. It's helped us feel so much more connected at church. But I also decided, sort of, I went kind of a, a little crazy, and I joined another <laughs> small group, also just girls. Um, and I think that I just forgot how powerful a small group is. There's a person who is committed to being a mentor for that group, who is showing up every week and there to to invest in you. And sometimes you join one and it's like not the right fit at first and that's totally okay. But I think that I, I just, I think I forgot that so much of what we are, you know, we, we want friends, we want community, we want fellowship, we want a mentor and churches exist to provide so much of that and we just have to say yes and take them up on it. Um absolutely. And so that's a like I'm yeah, I'm really really glad that you said that.
1: Yeah. And there's so much throughout scripture and proverbs everywhere that um tells us to seek wise counsel. And here at a church is the perfect picture of that. There are generations that have gone before us. We're we are not the only people to live the lives that we're living and have the experiences that we have. And so Um, The church is a beautiful picture and a beautiful place that it's hard. I'm glad you said you and Carl had to get over yourselves because I think that's our biggest (laughs) hindrance. I mean, that's exactly how I would put it of once you get over yourself and realize that you need to ask for help or ask for advice, then God has the room to show up and provide those people in your life. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So
0: you know, as we are thinking about being mentored, another piece of this is also being a mentor. And I think that there's, there's, hmm, there's some example in scripture and it might be like, Paul and Timothy. And I don't know, maybe you would, do you know what I'm talking about? Cause I'm really yes. butchering this. All the girls are like, no, "Great work you're
1: <laughs> no, you're exactly right. I was, I made myself, that was one of my only notes that I made to make sure to mention that, um, this whole idea of mentorship is not a new idea that we've come up with. It's straight up biblical. The best, I think one of the best examples is Paul and Timothy. So Paul chose Timothy to be his Trainee, if you will, he um, knew that he wasn't going to be around forever. And back in those days, they didn't have, you know, apps on your phone and, you know, all the resources we have. And so he was relying on Timothy uh, to train him up and teach him the gospel to be able to teach it to future generations. So it wasn't just that he wanted, he wanted to, he did want to invest in Timothy, but it wasn't just like this feel-good relationship, he wanted to tell Timothy about Jesus so that everyone else could hear about Jesus. And so it's just a really cool picture of being a mentor and having a mentor between Paul and Timothy. And so I've heard several sermons um, of pastors saying that you need to have a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy in your life. And so Barnabas, I feel like you are like the queen. Your community is the queen of finding Barnabas because it's friendships, your peers, um, people that you can walk alongside in your same life season, whatever it is. And so those are those tend to be the easier people to find. I have a group of women that we've been in a small group for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those are my Barnabas people. And then I need to find a Paul. So I need to find somebody that will be my mentor, that will train me and, um, guide me in spiritual truths. And then I need to find a Timothy, um, because as a believer, as a Jesus follower, we are called to make disciples. So that's basically what being a mentor is, is discipling someone. Um, so having those three examples, biblical people in your life, a Paul, a Barnabas and a Timothy, that basically sums up what, scripture kind of shows us what being a mentor is. So it's just kind of cool that it's not like we have to come up with this on our own. It's really kind of simple. If we love Jesus, we need to tell other people about him and make disciples so that they can tell people about him and they can tell other people about him. And the trickle effect goes on. Oh, I
0: love that. Barnabas was the one that I forgot. Um, But (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And and that, that it's, I love that you mentioned like, it is, it is, required of us, like go and make disciples, that that is something that we are told to do all throughout scripture. And, you know, in some very specific places also like the Great Commission, um, but sure. th- that's part of our that's part of it. We're not just called to learn and sit on it. We're called to learn and pass it on. And and you know, making this disciples sounds really scary, but it really is what we were talking about. It's, you know, walking through something, turning around and helping the people who are, you know, a step or two behind you. Um Absolutely. and I think that we, you know, we get this idea in our heads that we need to be able to we need to be a biblical scholar. We need to have our doctor in something. We need to be a trained, licensed therapist. We need to have all these different things. We, you know, it's like we need to be able to take someone from A to Z. We need to have all of that information, all of that training and know how to walk someone all the way through their entire lives. And really, that's not the truth. We need to be able to walk someone. Maybe our section is like B to D, you know, <laughs> exactly. or like, you know, it, we have a little, a little section. We just need to be able to get them from like A to C, um, exactly. whatever we've walked through, we can pass that on. And, and, you know, we, when you were talking about like the different things that we go through, something that Carl and I have gone through together is that we have both lost our jobs twice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Within like a year of us being married, Carl and I had both lost our jobs on the exact same day twice. So that's something that's been really, I mean, that was a crazy thing that happened in our life and a really hard thing that happened in our life. But it's amazing how many friends we've gotten to show up for who have also lost their jobs. And that was never a club we thought that we would be a part of. Like we just never thought that we would be the people who lost our jobs, but we totally are in that club now. And because we've gone through that, we can encourage and support people who are going through it too. Um, Absolutely. Laura, I know that there are so many things that, pop in our head as we, you know, as we were just talking about, you know, we, we need to be pouring out into people. We need to be mentoring people. There are maybe 8,000 reasons that we think that we are ill-equipped. What do we actually,
1: like, what is actually required of us as a mentor? What, where is the bar? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I really think the main requirement is that, you know, and love Jesus. Um, that's a pretty important one and that you want to be able to share his love with other people beyond that. I mean, yes, it is. It is good to have biblical knowledge to be able to point people to scripture, but I wouldn't say that's a make or break deal. If a lot of times the beauty of being a mentor is, saying, I don't know. If you don't know, if somebody asks you a, you know, a far-fetched biblical question, I happen to do some research to know about Barnabas before this conversation. But normally (laughs) if I didn't know, I'd be like, I don't know, some guy in the Bible. I don't know. And to give yourself that freedom of saying, I don't know, but I will find out, or I will find somebody that does know, or here's this really great resource that I know of. So honestly, I think the requirements are not, there's not that many besides loving Jesus. I think one of the biggest things probably a mentor told me was to remind myself that I'm not their savior, that Jesus is. And so anytime I'm having a conversation with any of my girls or any girlfriend, I need to put myself in check and remind myself that I am not the savior, that whatever it is they're going through, even if I can relate to them and share with them exactly what I did in this situation, their answer is still Jesus, not me. And so I think if we are humble enough to remind ourselves that, then that's all you need to be a successful mentor. Um, And I think people quickly will see see through you if you are not on that same page. And so I think, yeah, just loving Jesus and pointing people to them is, is really the biggest thing. I think, I think it is important. I think you do need to be in the right place to be a mentor. Um, like if you're just constantly pouring out or constantly, burning at both ends and nothing is pouring into you, then it might not be the healthiest season to be a mentor. And I think, I think I've even found myself, I I actually am in a place right now where I am not actively mentoring. Um, My girls graduated last year and I retired from my core group the year before that, knowing that I was going to be welcoming a new life into this world. Um, So (laughs) I'm kind of taking a little break right now because I knew I recognized that I would not be in a healthy place to be speaking into other people's life if I, you know, am not sleeping at night. So um, I think you have to kind of be honest with yourself too, if you're in a healthy place to lead somebody else.
0: I think that's really good. And that's something I think about a lot too, that if you are going to be pouring out, you need to have somebody pouring into you. And, Mm -hmm. um, that was a lot of, you know, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I started going to counseling, um, in October and Mm. it's been just a huge, important, beautiful, hard at times, like just amazing thing for me. And it's been, you know, I I go on Thursday mornings and on Thursday mornings, every once in a while, I can think like, uh, like, Ugh, I have things to do today. Like this is maybe isn't productive. And immediately my next thought is I can't give anything if I'm not full. I cannot pour Absolutely. out anything if I'm not learning and growing and transforming and like, you know, seeking healing on deeper levels and getting to know the Lord in deep, deeper ways. Like it is, we have to be really Careful about making sure that we're mm-hmm. being invested in if we're going to be investing in anybody else, and so that's something that I really take seriously. Yeah, um,
1: for sure. That's
0: it's really that's really important. Mm-hmm. So, so Laura, if you, um, you know, as we're talking about being a mentor, we've talked about finding a mentor, and it's you know it's identifying women in the church where you're where you admire something that, you know, something about their life or even at your workplace or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's keeping an eye out for different women who, who seem to know something that you're trying to learn, um, and Mm -hmm. just asking them to coffee and maybe asking them to coffee again. How do you find a mentee? Like how how do you, how do you find people to pour
1: into? Yeah. Again, I, I looked out with our church, but really, if you just look at your community around you, when I moved back to Chattanooga, I knew I was single and I knew that I was going to have time and I wanted to still be plugged into a ministry somehow. And so I just contacted my friends that were at the college ministry that I was a part of here in Chattanooga and was like, Hey, here I am. I'm willing. Um, And they set me up with a core group and then I led many core groups after that. But I think it's just kind of looking at your community, looking at your church, looking in the place you live and making yourself available, whether that's, Reaching out to their leaders um, of the church leadership, the ministry leadership, letting them know that you're available and willing. Because more often than not, they're probably looking for people like that. They just don't know how to find you. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you just Google college ministries in your town or look at your church ministries, there's so many different resources that way. And you might even know um, you might even know people that it might feel weird and awkward, but if you just like shoot them a Facebook message and say, Hey, I'm here if you need me or whatever it is, like whatever opening it is, if you just shoot them a text message of, I heard you're going through a rough time. I'm here to talk, um, just making yourself available in that way, which can also seem scary. I think, I think it's scary both ways to kind of open yourself up that way. And, You might not feel relatable or you might feel out of the loop, but most likely those people are going to jump at the opportunity to have someone older speaking into their lives, just connecting with them, just listening to them. So I think it's just, yeah, looking around at your community and seeing where you can make yourself available.
0: I think that it's, there's something to be said for like giving it a couple tries also. Yes, you know, absolutely. Like, it might not like whether you're the mentor or the mentee, like it might be kind of awkward and well, one, it will be awkward for the first yes. couple times. It will get <laughs> less. Sure. So as you keep going, but, um, but you know, it might kind of stay awkward and you might kind of find out, I don't know if we're the right fit for each other. And so you can try again, but there, you know, as a mentor, think about how many people, you know, that would just you know, eat it up. If there was someone older than, than you willing to, to chat with you about life. And like, just because, you know, one girl doesn't show up or, you know, isn't super responsive doesn't mean that they're all going to be that way. And just because one mentor might be a little too busy for you or not have the time or not have the space in her life right now, that doesn't mean that they're all going to be that way.
1: You know. Right. Yeah. You definitely, yeah. It's definitely fair to say, give yourself a little grace. of um, and knowing that you're just going to be closer with some people than others of, and that's just comes down to personality types and, um, what kind of lifestyles you live. I mean, there's just so many factors that go into that. It's the same as when you are making new girlfriends, like you're not going to get along with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when that one comes along that you're like, where have you been all my life? We're the same person. I want to tell you everything. That's when God shows up. And so a lot of, if you want to be a mentor, I know it's the church answer, but a lot of it too, is you just need to pray and God will provide those people because who knows how many people are out there praying that he will provide a mentor. So it's just cool that he, he hears all of those prayers and requests and, sifts through them and still and provides the provides the perfect relationships right when you need them the most. So I think it's cool how that always, always works out. I love that.
0: Laura, I have a couple last questions I want to ask you, but before I do, yep. do you just have any last encouragement for girls who are either wanting to be a mentor or who are wanting to be mentored or hopefully both?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I really think the most important thing in this kind of relationship is to be vulnerable. The, The transparency, um, kind of what I was saying before, of just allowing God to shine through us um, and opening up and being vulnerable, it is scary and not always fun, but those always end up being the most beautiful relationships and just most beautiful times that God can show up. So being vulnerable and just putting into that relationship what you kind of want out of it. It's going to be as much as you you're going to get out of it as much as you put in. So whether that's meeting weekly like that, like you did or just every now and then it's whatever is supposed to work out to be the most fruitful. um, You'll figure that out as you kind of get in the swing of things. But um, transparency is just the most beautiful thing that I think you can do. I love that.
0: I love that. Um, Okay. Laura, what has God been
1: teaching you lately? Yes. Yeah, so in full transparency, I think I am kind of in, um, like a pruning season of God kind of moving things around in my heart to make more room for him. I think it's really easy for me to fill, fill my life up with other things that are not necessarily bad things, but fill them up with being a mom with work, with helping my husband run his business, social media, um, and so I think that God is really teaching me to clear a path to have more of Him and less of me. I my bad habit is first thing in the morning I look at my phone and get on social media, and lately I have not been doing that, and so I think that God is really working in me to give Him more room because um, I'm just in a season that. I think that I can do it all on my own and that's just not true. I just cannot. And so yeah, giving him the space to actually reign my heart instead of all the stuff that's so easy, so easily can can fill it up that is not life giving. I need more life from him. So that's kind of what I'm going through right now.
0: Oh, I love that. I feel like everyone's <laughs> nodding, being like mm-hmm, <laughs> Me too. <laughs>
1: Like, um, oh, I do what? not have it all together. That's what I do not want. Yeah. There's no, uh, yeah, I, I'm, Good. I'm a work in progress as we all are. <laughs> Ugh, yep. Me too. <laughs> um, so, okay. My second question,
0: and this one is always super fun for me. What is something that you've been loving lately? And it can be
1: truly anything. <laughs> okay. This is really random. And yes. My mom side is coming out, but it's also related. So I love spring and we've had some springy days, like lovely weather. Today's not so much. It's been rainy. But on the beautiful springy days, we are big fans of bubbles at my house. <laughs> <laughs> because my little boy has figured out how to actually blow bubbles. And it is the most adorable thing. And I love bubbles even more now because of him. It is so fun and like such a childlike thing to just get enjoyment over simple bubbles. But he gets so pumped. And so this past weekend we went and visited my parents in West Tennessee and my mom had a bubble machine and he like lost his mind out of excitement and was just sheer joy and like dancing and laughing. And I was like, if I could just appreciate bubbles as much as Noah does, it it's just so fun. So bubbles in relation with springtime and I just, I love springtime anyway. Cause it's like new life resurrection loveliness before the craziness of summer comes. So bubbles in springtime are what is bringing me joy right now, Steph.
0: I love that so much. I love that. Um, I feel like our goal for today,
1: new life goal, be more like Noah. Go get some bubbles, guys. It's a lot of fun. If you haven't played with bubbles in a while, it is real fun. I have not played with bubbles in a while and
0: I think I need to. You
1: probably should go get some.
0: Yeah, that's really true. Okay.
1: (laughs) Done. Done.
0: Um, Okay. Last but not least, who is a woman? Speaking of, you know, mentorship and people we look up to. Who is a woman that's been inspiring you lately?
1: Yes, um, I follow her on Instagram. I don't know her personally, um, but she started the ministry Well Watered Women, and her name is Gretchen Saffels. And I have just loved everything they put out. But I've gone through um, a couple of their Bible studies, and they are just always every Instagram post either Well-Watered Women or Gretchen post, I, I just feel like she's talking to me. I just love it. Um, she's a mom, has a young kid or one kid and is pregnant. And so I just feel like we're connected and they currently are doing, uh, well, I guess they released it a few weeks ago. It's called, um, they're doing a 30 day, what do they call it? 30 day in the word challenge or something. Um, and so their little phrase that goes along with that is word before world. Uh, mm-hmm. and so that fits perfectly into what God is doing in my life right now. And so it's just been really, really good. The whole idea of making the word of God a priority in my life and, um, and show like actually living that out. And so she just has such a way of making the gospel, um, simple and approachable. And I just love it. It's just easy, um, easy to understand and she doesn't make things complex. It's just what the gospel and Jesus is. So I love her and them right now.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. Uh, Okay, Laura, I was about to, Thank you for coming and say goodbye. And then I realized that we have that there's something we need to now talk about oh, because we haven't teased it yes. a million times. The and big I have to reveal. Say, I did not. I did not mean to make it a secret what sorority I'm in. I I think I like. I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like you we're all show in this, favorites. I understand. I, you yeah. know, like we're all in this together. And so, anyway, so I think that that's like why I don't why I don't talk about my specific anymore. But I love it, and I love it that you're in it. And so I feel like I don't know. I feel like maybe you should say it, Laura. Would you
1: like to do the big reveal? We should have like a drum roll. I <laughs> okay, Stephanie and I are in. We are sisters in Chi Omega. Yes, we are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, don't you feel like a huge weight has been lifted off of your... I scissors? do.
0: I do. <laughs> I really do. It's funny because um, I was... What was I trying to find? I was trying to find the link for an article I wrote somewhere and I couldn't remember what the URL was or something. And so I did end up Googling my name, which I honestly don't do ever because it's my website that comes up. It's like nothing anyway. But for some reason I was scrolling and I was looking for it. And at the very bottom of the Google page, there were like frequently asked questions. And one of them was Stephanie May Wilson, husband, want to know about Carl? Obviously. And another one was Stephanie Mae Wilson, sorority. And so it seems that, that the people is want hilarious. to know. Isn't that hilarious? It's so well, no. now Guys, the mystery
1: has been revealed. I you know. If you're a Kyle Omega, <laughs>
0: we're sisters. And if you're not, we're still sisters.
1: Yeah, so, we still love you, anyway. but Kyle Omega anyway. was special. <laughs>
0: Laura, I'm glad that you got to be the one to reveal that. And I just, I adore you. Thank you so much for being here and for being such a huge person in my life. And thank you for all of your guidance as we each go out and find people to just guide us and lead us and encourage us in our lives and women that we can do the same for. So I love you. Thank you for being here. Love you, Steph. You guys, isn't Laura amazing? I just love her and I am so glad you got to meet her. Listen, don't forget that if you ever want to find the links for anything we talk about here at Girls' Night, you can always find those links over in our show notes. Just head to stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog. All right, friends, that is it for today, but we have so much good stuff ahead. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It won't send you an email or anything. It just makes sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask y'all a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much, and it really would mean the world to me. So if you take just two quick seconds to do that, I would be so grateful. Friends, thank you so much for joining me for Girls' Night, and I will see you next week.